0: I'm so glad you're here with me today for the How to Brand My Church podcast, episode five with Michael Persad. This podcast is designed to be a church branding mentor to help you understand what branding is and how to leverage its power to help your church grow. Today, we're diving into a huge topic on how to build the church website. We're going to be taking a look at one specific case study and how we were able to build a website, a church website that was amazing, that really served the church well, both the new people that are searching for churches and taking a look at the members and how to serve them extremely well. So we're gonna get into the practical side of it as well on the podcast today. We have a special guest with us. His name is Steven Swank. He's a developer that I worked with on a project. It's a, a website we built for Life Mission Church. You can also take a look at the site itself that we built because it's up and functioning. It's live at church. So let's get into our interview today with Stephen Swank. So uh, today we have a special guest with us. His name is Stephen, uh, Stephen Swank, and he's going to help us understand uh, the power of a website when it comes to branding. One of the most important things that a church can establish to help their brand get out there is going to be having a strong website that serves them well that serves almost like an employee for the church. That's really what you're doing. You're building an employee that's out there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, doing a job for your church. And you need to make sure that you get that right, put the right amount of effort and money into it so that you can get exactly what you need. So Stephen, welcome to the podcast, glad you're here. Thanks for uh, doing it with us. And we're just gonna get to know you a little bit. So tell me a little bit about your, your background.
1: Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. I graduated from Johnson County Community College about eight months ago, and then I met you you know, through our church, I got this project working on a website, and, you know, over the course of about three or four months, we got to know each other well, and, you know, here we are, and since then, we've had about three more projects together. Yeah, so
0: that was kind of cool. We, we just met for the church project, really, is what it, what it was, and yeah, Stephen's not like this super high-end developer yet. He is amazing, uh, but we created this amazing thing, because I think it's uh, we're, we're just keeping the right things in the right place, the right priorities. And the website that we created together for for the church is at lifemission.church. So you can check out that website. And uh, as we're talking today, we're going to reference that site quite a bit. One of the most important things when we're doing a web project is to focus on the why behind it. Uh, a church, especially having a strong website, is very important. It's a it's a tool. So you have to be strategic, especially from the, f- from the get-go. People check it out first before they come check out your church. So you've got to be intentional about how that all comes together. Can you talk about maybe how we did that?
1: Yeah, when I first met you, one of the things you said was, the website is your employee, and I've really taken that to heart because before I kind of saw it as just a bulletin. And, um, you know, you taught me that it's so much more than just a bulletin. It works for you. And you want this to be your best employee because, like you said, this is your front door. This is your employee, the first employee that anyone is going to see, you know, most of the time, like 80 percent of the time. And so you want this employee to look good, you know, to bring a good presence for your company. And so I've really taken that to heart. And I realized that it's not just a bulletin anymore.
0: Yeah, So talk about the old website, the the life mission church, the old site, Um, then we'll get to the new one, but let's talk about the old one for a second.
1: The old one, it was mostly just text-based. And so they had a lot of information because they were growing, but it was all just text and you just scroll through and there were hardly any graphical elements to it. You know, we went through that process of, is this still gonna work for the church? And so, you know, we can talk about what our decision ended up being, but I really think the issue was they just We're outgrowing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this church was, uh, what, 2,000 on the weekends? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so a pretty substantial-sized church. A lot of ministries and activities happening. So, yeah, we can get into that process.
1: Yeah, so I was actually pushing WordPress when I first came in. Then I met you, and you were pushing WordPress as well, and I thought, you know, this is a great opportunity here. Um, I didn't have much experience. I knew you had more experience, so I kind of had you on the same side as me. Some of the staff at the church were actually... Wanting to stay with Clover which is understandable because it's comfortable and like I said anyone can manage it and Clover was actually coming out with a new product Clover 3 and so It was kind of a little debate going on to prove which one was better Not just to win, but you know for the church who was going to be the best employee this Clover website or WordPress You know through talking it out with Michael we eventually decided on WordPress as just a more robust Website that's gonna get the job done yet. It's still very manageable you know, for the common user.
0: I think we were able to help the church understand that we needed to have this kind of limitless potential to grow because the church is growing and needed to serve in a lot of different ways. So we can add plugins with WordPress to do just about anything in the future that we needed it to do. And then we can make it look a certain way. We have more flexibility. But it seemed like WordPress was just going to be a good fit not that Clover is not a good fit for a lot of churches, it really is. Just for this church, for Life Mission Church, it ended up not being the, the best solutions. We were both on the same page saying that we should get into a WordPress solution. We started the process of building that out, and uh, Stephen did some research and looked up some themes. So tell me about the research you did.
1: So I looked up a few themes, and I was seeing bridge. Um, on some church websites like Elevation Church. There was another theme, Divi, Divi 2.0, which looked very similar to Salient, which is the one that I eventually found and settled on. And I was going through the three of those, and I ended up deciding on Salient as the best solution for this church, just because the look and feel of it, it's a little bit more playful, but yet it's punchy, and... Obviously, the back end is a huge deal and it had all the features that we needed. It has a huge page builder that's really built out well. I
0: think the uh, the, the big part of any church website is the back end. Like You really have to get um, that nailed down. So uh, a content management system is a big deal. Churches need to have flexibility. There's so many things happening. It's changing all the time. And your website needs to reflect that if it's going to be a tool. So it needs to have a, a nice back end where those type of updates are easy, as easy as possible. And Salient had that. It had this page builder.
1: Yeah, it actually came from Visual Composer, which is one of the most popular page builders on WordPress. And the developer of the theme um, forked that plugin, and then he custom developed it for um, Salient. So what you're dealing with is a really popular page builder custom developed for your own theme, so you know it's gonna work well. And actually has more features than the normal visual composer.
0: Yeah, that's great. Great to know. So, yeah, I wanted to dive into Salient. It's a popular theme. A lot of people use it. A lot of businesses use it. I think a lot of churches should use it. So if you were thinking about how to build a website, one big solution would be a WordPress site. The second thing would be to get a a really nice theme. A theme is basically you can go onto a place like themeforest.net and find something that's pre-built and then start there. It gives you like, I don't know, you're ahead 10 steps, so to speak, if you start with a theme versus trying to do something on your own. And the theme has got a lot of bells and whistles in it. If you choose the right one, just go through the process, look through what the features are choose the right one that fits the needs for your church. Stephen didn't do a lot of customization. We basically, the idea was, let's pick a great theme, do the research up front, and then all the features that we want to build, we're gonna make sure that the theme is able to do it. So Stephen, how were you able to lean into the theme?
1: Really the only customization I did was CSS. I didn't mess with the PHP, which is the more uh, robust code. The CSS is just the look and feel of the website. and. The only CSS I did was to remove aspects of the theme that we didn't want for this church. So I wasn't adding a whole lot because the theme offered what we needed. It was actually just covering up some things that we didn't
0: need. Yeah, like basic labels, right? Like on the blog, we didn't wanna have a label on there, so you just removed it.
1: Yeah, we didn't want the blog to look so bloggy, I guess is how you could say that. We wanted to use it for events, and we didn't want it to show that it was authored by this person on this date. We just wanted it to look clean. So I did a little bit of code to remove that. Um, little things like that, There was there's a like button built into the theme, we didn't want that on there, we just wanted social media on there, so I removed that as well.
0: Okay, so Steven has a background with um, coding and all, developing and all that stuff. He's just, he knows enough to be dangerous type of thing. So the power of using a theme like Salient is that you don't have to be this expert developer. You could really lean into what's there and build an amazing site. So one of the other important things about um, a website, especially for a church, is to make sure it's responsive. So salient is a responsive theme and responsive means that on any device the, the website's gonna restructure itself to display well. So if it's on a mobile phone, uh, Android, or an iPhone, on a tablet it'll restructure itself based on the size of the screen so one of the big things with churches that I come across as we work with churches is that they're using old technology that's not responsive so salient really just it solves a lot of those problems for us
1: yeah what you were saying was spot-on a lot of churches you will go on their website on your phone and you'll notice that you just got to scroll around everywhere to find what you're looking for but with salient you know, it's completely responsive. You can look at an iPad or a phone or tap, you know, another type of tablet, and it's gonna fit to the screen, which it should. You know, any modern website should be responsive. And that's just based on modern code and using um, percentages in your code rather than just coding by pixels. So not only for salient, but for any theme that you would choose if you didn't pick salient, it, you should be picking a responsive theme. But salient is one of the best responsive themes out there.
0: So another big thing that allows us to design what's needed is to define the target audience. And we actually talk about this a lot on this pod- podcast. That's one of the, the huge things that will help any sort of media you produce to be exactly what it needs to be to serve you well. So we, we kind of identified in our design process three basic audiences that we wanted to go after. The first one I would say is um, in order of priority, we kind of pri- prioritize them like this, was the non-believer. So the website should reach out to non-believers, and then the second audience was the church shopper, and then the third audience was a church member. So the website needs to serve all three of those audiences, does that in different ways, and then it needs to do it in that order. Remember going through that process? How, how did that work for you?
1: Yeah, at first I didn't really have that mindset coming into it. I'd never done a church website, or many websites um, for that matter, but I think the common perspective is to just build it out from a member from a member standpoint. And like we said before, this is your employee, the first employee that many people are gonna see. So you want it to reach out to non-believers because your members already know how your church works and the culture there. So you really should be reaching people that don't know anything about your church. And so when Michael showed me that, that it's non-believer first and then church shopper and then church member, it helps you design better with that in mind knowing you know okay this is who i'm actually reaching it helps you to not have those little arguments back and forth with you know the actual church staff because you already know this is who we're reaching and so you can tell them you know hey guys this is what we're doing we're not going to argue about these little things
0: so sometimes what will happen is that hey you know somebody will be like i really like blue that button needs to be blue and then somebody else says no no, no, i should be purple you know and and so a lot of times when we can focus on the target audience it's more of like they're answering the question for everybody it's not it's not somebody trying to say like no i uh i know but i know more than you do so go with my thing so just as an example typically orange or red is going to be the best response on a button so if you're trying to get people to respond on a website the color needs to be orange or red so bam there you go there's the answer not blue not purple it needs to be orange or red And you can kind of lean into the the branding of the church itself to help you decide orange or red. So uh, the, the the three main audiences are kind of, these audiences really appeal or apply to every church. And then you can go a couple layers deeper as well to say what are the audiences that your church is specifically able to reach. Life Mission Church reaches out to young families and then they reach out to single moms and also to, to men. It's kind of another audience we identify that they reach out to. We had those to kind of guide us to. So you definitely want to work with the target audience in mind as you're designing the features of the website and as you're designing the user experience. So when the user comes to the site, what do you want them to do? And it's based on who they are. And also design. You're trying to appeal to your audiences. And so you're doing things that aren't maybe overly churchy or insider stuff so that the non-church attendee finds your website attractive. So then let's go through the process that we went through to actually build the site. So talk about that process. That was This site was a big one.
1: Yeah, this was a large site. And for one of my first websites, it was a bit overwhelming. And fortunately, I had Michael with me, but I think we ended up with about 50 pages. And so trying to design a consistent user experience across the board with 50 pages can be tough and that's why we spent so much time on it because we felt it was worthwhile to get to get our point across and to lead people down the right paths so they can access the information that they need but it did take a while on this website it was totally worth it though because i feel like we got a great user experience out of it
0: yeah and the old website actually had way more pages so we, we cut a lot of, um, and we actually cut a lot of text. So with the sitemap, it helped us to identify what pages are needed, what pages can be combined, what pages are needed to be added. So a sitemap, if you haven't seen one before, it looks kind of like a spider web and you're kind of identifying what are their main links and then sublinks below that and kind of how they relate to each other. Then we can also provide something on our show notes to help you find out what a sitemap, if, if you're not familiar with that. The next phase after we figure out the sitemap that really helps us figure out the scope of the project and how big the site's gonna be. And then we can go to wireframes. So wireframes is where we quickly design what's gonna be on each page. In our process, we actually started on a whiteboard and we just drew drawings of a pa- rectangles on a whiteboard and at the top of the page, the rectangle would be like this box and it would say banner, like a, a banner image right here. And then we kind of go down through the rest of the page and just lay out like what goes where.
1: That was probably the second longest process I feel like, but Michael didn't do his typical process where he would actually design it all out and then just hand it over to me. We actually got to work on the wireframes together, which was fun. Um, You can do it on a whiteboard. You can also do it with some online tools. If you do it on a whiteboard and you need to capture all of your drawings, there are great apps like Office Lens from Microsoft if you want to capture those for later. But definitely draw out your wireframes and work on it with someone else to get another perspective. And don't just start designing the page before you've wireframed it out. It's a huge, important aspect of the steps of building a website. So don't overlook that.
0: Yeah, the wireframes, like the power of it is really that you can move things around, you can change your mind, you can have multiple people agree on something before you actually start developing it. Because when you develop it, that takes tons of time, energy, and all that stuff to do it. And then if you're like, hey, can we move this? That just stinks <laughs> on, on, on many levels. So the wireframes, is it just gives you the freedom. You just erase it, and you move it. And then at some point, you can lock it in and be like, okay, this is it. This is what we're going to build. And then you have a blueprint. So a guy like Steven has this blueprint. This is exactly how I'm going to lay out the page. So then after the wireframes, the typical next step would be to design So that's where we put in colors and fonts and imagery, uh, any sort of icons. We put together the look and feel of the website. We we did it a little differently. So I didn't Photoshop mock up a whole lot for Steven. I did a little bit, I think, just to kind of give him somewhat of an idea. But we just kind of were like, hey, here's the big idea. Here's kind of what we're going, the look and feel we're going for. Steven kind of built it out. And then we were like, yeah, or let's tweak this.
1: Typically when you are designing you want to have the content so that you can design around the content but in this situation it did work out well tag teaming with Michael knowing the type of content he would provide I could design it out but I would say most of the time get your design or your content ready and then you can design around that because really your design should be content driven although it did work well in this situation you can do it both ways but typically I would say have the content first I think
0: what we did content is uh, usually images videos and text so we had um, text from the old website we just kind of copy pasted over for the most part we changed some but just for the most part. We had photography because we had a photographer come in and do a couple rounds of photography. And I think we had some uh, some graphic elements too that we kind of created. I did create a few. Steve was like, hey, can we get some icons for this? And i create some of those for him. So it is a little bit of a different process than, than typical, but that's it worked out really good. We were able to work together in the same room. So we were able to move a little bit faster. So then after the, the uh, design phase, you kind of figure out the look and feel and you get approval from the client that, hey, this is the look we're going for, and they're like, hey, we like it, or can we change this or tweak this? That's usually when you go to the development stage. So development stage is when you actually get into the tool and you start moving things around and coding and locking it in in a lot of ways. We kind of overlap design and development in this process with, because we use salient and everything, had a lot of uh, tools already built in. But on the, uh, the development side, Stephen, what, was, what did that look like for you?
1: When we started with the development coming out of the design phase, it took a lot longer than I had expected because we had that page builder. I thought, you know, this will be pretty easy, just drag and drop. But there were so many pages and so many features on each page that it took a lot longer than I um, originally expected. And also one thing that I learned from it was always to check back with your client, even through the development phase. Once you think you're done talking with the client, you've got the designs laid out. you don't need to go back with them you should always go back because as you're developing it out and they can actually see some of the finished product they might have changes and you don't want to spend a month and a half developing and come back and realize that's not what they actually wanted but at the same time have fun with the development you know take all of the design aspects and don't feel afraid to tweak a few things from your original um, design and think you have to stick 100 percent to that because the client may like your innovations as you go along.
0: Yeah, and I think once you once you get into the process of development and everything, you kind of get into this groove. So the, did you have any challenges with Salient in particular?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. I, th- I remember sometimes with the responsiveness of the theme, although it is a very responsive theme, you run into a few issues when you spend all of your time developing on a computer and not looking at your phone to see what it looks like. So always look at the previews on your phone as you're going along because you may build out an entire page. And it may fit well, but it might not look the best because you weren't thinking mobile first. Most people are going to be looking at this on their phone or their tablet.
0: In fact, most people now look at websites on a mobile device than on a screen. So especially in the, in the church world, they're going to pull out their mobile device over a laptop or sit down at a desktop and they're just going to check it out. They're going to be passing by on the on the road or who knows how they come across. Maybe it's a mailer, maybe it's whatever. And they're just going to pull out their mobile device and check it out. So I think it's a really good point Stephen's making that maybe 70-30 lean into like a mobile design that's really strong on mobile versus on the desktop. We really worked with Salient. It, it was a good solution for us. So this podcast is, is just a a way for you to understand how you can use a a theme like salient. We're not like uh, endorsed by salient or anything. It's just something that I thought would be very helpful so that you can actually see the website, lifemission.church. That's the web address, the uh, domain that you can go to. It's a modern look. Um, It's mobile responsive. It's got all the key things that you would want. And then I think the other part of it is understanding the design process so that you design the right thing. You're not designing for yourself, you're designing for the audience you're trying to reach. You want to make sure that your information and that your user experience is geared towards them. One of the things, Stephen, maybe you can speak to it, we chunked down information quite a bit on the website, on this, on this website. The old version, the previous website, had scrolling text blocks that went on for a long time. So we didn't want that. We wanted the user to have a better experience. So maybe on the kids page or something, we, we did that way different.
1: Exactly. I would say when you're designing to be simple, clear, and concise, just get your point across as simply as possible and as quickly as possible because people don't um, read websites they scroll. They skim and they scroll, and you don't have a lot of time to convey your message, and so use lots of graphical elements and don't use long paragraphs because no one is going to read them. But you can still get your point across. Say what you want to say, just say it in a shorter, more concise way.
0: And I think they can, they can click to read more if, if necessary. Well, I think well, one of the other things too, what did you do? Um, I know you customized some of the tools that Salient provided.
1: Yeah, with the blog we realized that this could be a good asset for an events page because we needed um, a visually appealing way to show our events or else no one's gonna click on them and the blog with Salient looks fantastic. It's very visual. You can do a picture at the top or videos, and then it'll sort them all, Um, and you can do like a mosaic style if you want, and so we wanted that for our events just to grab the user's attention. That's where I went in, and I removed some of the parts of the blog where it made it look like a blog. We didn't want it to actually look like a blog, but you can repurpose a lot of things in Salient to make them fit your needs.
0: Yeah, and the blog tool, there's a lot of automation that goes with the blog tool. So we can place, um, we can automate a lot of things that if it's tagged with a certain thing or has a certain category, then it'll pop up in a certain area of the website. So like on the homepage, we have like the three latest things popping up there. Mm. But on maybe the teenager page, there's like just teen events that pop up on those things.
1: We're a multi-campus church and they needed their own events pages and so by using the categories from the blog you can actually give them their own events that they can own and put on their page without having to distract from other parts of the website.
0: So I I admired how Stephen did that. That was kind of his like brainchild. Like he just uh we're like hey here's what we want to do and then Stephen just went back in and was like well if I do this with the categories and everything I think it'll work and then sure enough it did. So it was a You know, Stephen's just a credit to him to figure how to do that. So we kind of repurposed the blog for the theme. This church didn't need a blog. That's one of the things that we also identified in our discovery phase. So if we do need a blog later on, the idea is just to get another blog platform. It'd be the same domain, but blog somewhere else. I think there's also one other thing that you kind of customized a little bit. Was it a portfolio or something? We
1: ended up using the portfolio for the sermons each week. And again, I took some design aspects out of the theme that we didn't want because we didn't want people to be filtering through them a certain way we kind of wanted to do it our own way so I removed those filtering options and we use the portfolio for sermons and actually works really well because this church does sermon series and so each series is a portfolio item and then we would embed the videos in each item, so you could have multiple sermons in one portfolio item.
0: Yeah, it's you got to check it out. It's kind of hard to explain on the uh, on a podcast, but if you check out the messages page, you'll you'll really get a grasp of what that is. So the idea was to have this like overview of the different series, and then when you clicked into a series, you would be able to see the different messages within the series.
1: Was there anything else that you kind of worked with? One other thing I was thinking of was the Go 16 page. Um, they had this huge missions push this year and the Go 16 page is almost its own website, although it lives in the same domain, but you'll notice how it's a little different from the rest of the website just to set it apart, but it's just another example of how much you can do with the theme.
0: Yeah, I think, what's that? How do they navigate to that? Go16.org. Oh, go there you go. So go16.org, we set up another domain that points directly to that page. So lifemission.church is where you can find the website, Poke around, see how amazing it is. Uh, Steven did a great job. Take a, take a look at Go16.org. It's part of the same website, but it's just another section of it. So a website, again, is such an important tool for your church, it's just one of those things that we wanna make sure you get it right. It's not for you, it's not a brochure, it's not a bulletin that you're just putting out there, it's not anything that's, that you're thinking of typically that serves you or serves your church. One of the big things that the church is supposed to do is reach outside the walls. And, and help new people that don't, don't know about Jesus to come into the church. And also, what you want to do is there's also this audience of people that are seeking. Maybe they moved from a new city. Maybe they, for whatever reason, need to find another church. Maybe they've been out of church for a long time, and now they're wanting to get back in. Make sure you cater to, to those people so they can plug in very easily. And then also make sure that you serve the people that are in the church. You want to make sure they can get to tithing and, and donations, and they can get to... The events to see what's going on or find information to where they can sign up for for different things. Stephen, can you touch it before we kind of conclude here? How did you integrate any kind of other software? Like I know Fellowship One is that something you guys use
1: with Fellowship One. That's just our online giving platform um, that they wanted to use, and so that was really simple because that just links out. Um, I'm trying to think of any other software. Well, we used Vimeo for our videos, yeah. and so you do not want to upload your videos directly to the website, you want to embed them from somewhere. And so something like Vimeo or YouTube works great. Almost everything you can either embed it or link to it and doesn't need to actually live directly on your website. But if it does, with WordPress, there are thousands of plugins and most likely you'll be able to find a solution that'll work for you.
0: And uh, what about your hosting? Did you just have a hosting provider that you used?
1: Yeah, we used Network Solutions. That was the hosting that they already had set up. And so we just, um, ran with it and it seems to be working fine.
0: All right. So um, that's pretty much the uh, the gist of this um, this podcast We're gonna come back and website is such a huge topic That we'll do some more episodes on this in the future this idea of just bringing Stephen in to talk about salient I thought was gonna be super helpful for a lot of people Especially because I think you can tell Stephen is not like this huge developer that's been out there for a really long time He's pretty much out of college yet he was able to build a substantial site by leveraging the the power of an existing theme on a powerful platform like WordPress and created this this site that's serving the church extremely well. Can you talk to that? How, how, how's the church now that it's been several months, almost five months or so since we put it out there, how's that going?
1: The website's actually working really well for them and it's growing with them. So even in the past few months that the church has grown and they have new ministries or new events that weren't there when we designed the website, it still works for them and it's growing with them and they're constantly making small changes to the website and it still looks great and it's fluid. And so definitely with WordPress and Salient, you can continue to grow as your church or your organization gets bigger, it, it'll grow with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. they can basically dream whatever they wanna do and then the site can help support that. Stephen was contracted to, to build out the site and then now you actually are part of the staff.
1: Yeah, I'm on staff there and I manage the website and so I have to live with my own creation and fortunately it's, it's working out well and I'm glad that I got to work with Michael but it's just a good example of not just building this website and dropping it off on them and saying you handle it. Now I get to experience firsthand what it's like to actually manage the website once it's done and it's great, it's very manageable and the updates are really easy to do. Nothing like the actual site build and so it's good to know that this can grow like I said with your church or with your organization it, it'll work for you
0: that's perfect because Stephen now has both perspective the, on the building side and then also on the just continuing to update and manage the site side he uh, feels really well that this this theme and this approach uh, serves that church really uh, effectively. Well, Stephen, thanks for coming out. Is there anything you needed to add or?
1: No, yeah. thanks for having me. It's yeah. been awesome.
0: And uh, Stephen's getting engaged. Just heard about that. Yep,
1: just got engaged.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, he did. He did get engaged. I said just uh, getting engaged, but you did get engaged.
1: Yeah, about a week and a half ago. Getting married.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right, man. Well, thanks. We'll talk to you real soon. I really enjoyed that time uh, getting together with Stephen again uh, after the fact, after we had built that website and just talking through the process. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it helps you quite a bit in understanding maybe what needs to be done for your church and your church website. The goal today was to show you uh, what you need to do to build a great website, leveraging something like WordPress or Salient so that you can get that site built faster and uh, more affordably, but still get this very robust feature-filled site that serves your audience. There's a free resource I want to tell you about. We created this questionnaire, and it's really the questionnaire that I use when I build a website for a church or a client of any kind, whether it's business or church. I believe there's 18 questions on there, and it talks about the reason why the website needs to be built because you have to understand the why first before you can start to add on the features and kind of know how to build it. So it's a it's just a questionnaire that you ask the client or maybe you as a client can answer these questions and then give it to your developer so that they understand what needs to be done with the website it does a thorough job explaining and expanding on the why behind the website and then also touches on what features need to be um, included in the website as much as you can think of if i can understand the why from the client the church that, that i'm trying to build a website for then a lot of times i can come up with the hows so what needs to be done what features need to be included in the website to make the why happen it's on the howtobrandmychurch.com blog. So if you go to episode 5, which is today's episode, then you can get that questionnaire just in the show notes, and uh, we've also got it throughout the site where you can find it. So it's a free download. Take advantage of it. Use it. It'll help you quite a bit to understand what this website needs to do for your church. Hey, if you could take a quick second and go to iTunes and review this podcast, I'd really appreciate it. It helps us to understand how this podcast is doing, if it's being helpful to you guys, and then also gets the word out so that other people can get this information to help their church as well. And you can also subscribe on our blog through the subscription. You'll just get posts on when we have new content or even new resources for you to help you out. Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode of the How to Brand My Church podcast. I'll see you next time.